You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beer and Howard Griffin. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone, a uh, Big Ten Championship Week edition as Howard Let's just go right to the good part. Let's go straight to the dessert, the ice cream, the cake. We waited all season long for Michigan and Ohio State, and you know what happened? <laughs> we got a game. But it's funny. It wasn't the game that I thought it was going to be because you, if you told me that uh, Morris was going to be not playing much on the Michigan defensive line mm-hmm. and that Blake Corm would get one carry, make one cut, and you clearly saw – this kid just didn't have it. I give him props. He went out there. But I saw the video during the week when he was delivering turkeys, and I saw the limp, and I'm like, yeah, he's got a limp. He ain't just walking around. He ain't cool. I mean, he may be cool. I don't know. But that was a limp. And they go out there, and they deep pants Ohio State in front of their home crowd. I, 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 I didn't see this one coming. I mean, I think every expert other than ex-Michigan players all thought the Buckeyes were going to win. How? What the heck happened on Saturday? <laughs> Man, one of the things that's been happening really all, all season uh, in a lot of regards as far as Ohio State's concerned in that defense is, is Coach Knowles is going to he, – he's going to, you know, put his corners on some islands sometimes. And, you know, it was not uncommon to see, you know, receivers running loose in the secondary is whether or not – you know, the quarterback was going to have an opportunity to get to it. And the other side of it is, you know, there were many questions, you know, really all season uh, when you talk about J.J. or whether or not he's going to be able to to hit the deep pass. You know, I was up in Ann Arbor, uh, it was a Sunday, uh, to talk with a bunch of the players and coordinators. And, you know, they kind of felt like this is the way the game was going to go. It was a personal challenge uh, to those corners and, and to that wide receiver group because all they heard all year was just how great Ohio State's uh, you know, uh, wide receiver group is. And they were saying that, listen, uh, you know, Michigan's wide receivers can't run past us. And so we can play that man, man. And really you, you watched a display of uh, some things that, you know, hadn't happened all year showed up on, on Saturday and, and they totally demolished these guys, particularly when you look at the second half, uh, it was an you know, outstanding game early, but they really just took control of it. And, and Edwards had a huge game as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he finished it off at the end. I mean, coming on with the soft cast, he had a couple of times where it looks like it was going to be a fumble. But then, yeah, it, see, for me, I, 
I got so many things to say about this, but I think yeah. that moment, like when you go back and you look at that moment where it all changed, I thought it was right in the second half started. I think Michigan had just scored and Ohio State forced Michigan to punt, I think, and they got the ball on the Michigan side of the 50-yard mm-hmm. line. They get a false start penalty, but then they get a personal foul penalty where number 88 on Ohio State headbutts a Michigan player. Yeah. And I said, you know, I wrote it down, like, remember at this point. That, was, to mm-hmm. me, was the, the unraveling. What I saw was Ohio State, a different Buckeye team. It used to be when they played Michigan, they had confidence of knowing that they were going to win. Howard, I, I think the tables have been flipped. And maybe from here on out, we used to say that the Big Ten Championship goes through Columbus. I think it now goes through Ann Arbor. This wasn't a fluke. They out-toughed. Yeah. The Buckeyes, the Buckeyes are making stupid penalties and mistakes at home. I mean, you, you just kind of saw them wear down. They was, Michigan withstood their best punch. And then the next thing you know, they, they had nothing. I mean, you even had Stroud begging for the sideline on a fourth and five. Like, no, 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 we got to go for this. No, we, we have to punt. And I, look, I'm not going to say that they play scared, but man, they, they, that was a different Buckeye team than the ones that I'm used to seeing. And, and I don't know what's happened to them, but Michigan has flipped the table, and Michigan has now become the aggressor. Michigan was laughing. Michigan was loose. Michigan was shrugging it off. Where it used to be, you know, the other way around, where it was like the Chase Winovich. Yeah, this is going to be the redeem- redemption tour. Uh-huh. And it was fake bravado. And I think the Buckeyes gave you fake bravado with Ryan Day saying these scars hurting the players 365 days. And it was like, guys, this looked the same as last year, except for there was no snow and it was better weather and it was at home. Yeah, you can you can make the argument that this was uh, worse than last year's uh, loss uh, for Ohio State. And you think about this, uh, they spent the entire year and, you know, they weren't hiding it that we've got to get better, we've got to be more physical, we've got to be tougher. That was the mantra the entire offseason and everything was pointing to the game versus Michigan. And to go out there and for the game in the way it did, I mean, it, it absolutely is switch. It's flipped. It's, this is really about Michigan. And, and I'm telling you, Rico, after spending, when I spent time with them last year at this, at this point, uh, getting ready for the championship game, I knew that there was a confidence that they had, and this was a much different team than I had been around in the previous years under uh, Coach Harbaugh. And Sunday, I mean, it was it was like, hey, this is this is what we're supposed to do. This is what we were expecting. Uh, we had been practicing and preparing for this, and obviously, you know, both teams had been doing that. But they looked so calm. They looked, um, and we talked about JJ having to go out and this game. He's going to have to go win it. He did it. And, <laughs> yeah, he put him. He put them in great positions. And one of the things that that I really appreciate appreciate about JJ's game is that. As a quarterback, he will take the fight to the defender. He's not going to slip out of bounds. He's not going to slide if he doesn't have to, depending upon the the situation in the game. When he scored that touchdown on the goal line, uh, running the football, you know, he beats his offensive lineman Mm -hmm. to the end zone. As opposed to just waiting, trying to set it up, he goes and gets after it. And and I'm telling you, when they – there is just an energy – right now in a confidence surrounding this team that, you know, 
I, I just haven't seen before. It, 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 it's um, really taking this thing to a new level. And that's why, you know, as you mentioned, it's flipped. There's no question it's flipped. And, yeah, you know, I mean, you saw that with Howard. You saw that J.J. in pregame when I think he had the hat that had like 988. And then Michigan only had like 987 wins. They were already counting this game as a win. I mean, they got the swagger. They have all of that. And yeah, I remember that play because when J.J. scored, because I know his old lineman had to be like, hey, this ain't what we worked on in practice. I know, but you were going a little too slow. Don't worry about it, Bray, baby. I got you. I got the touchdown. Yeah, yeah and I mean, you knew he was – we were going to finally see what he could do because – Kind of been promised he could do all of these different things, but we never really saw it in the game because, let's face it, Michigan's offense was a very methodical, grinded out. It's the type of game that probably, you know, a fullback could love because mm-hmm. it was just run, 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 run. And instead, he wasn't, you know, he found a lot of wide-open guys and busted coverage. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at the Buckeyes, and, and honestly – I'm wondering, like, wh- where does Ohio State go from here? Be- and I say that being it's the same heat that Jim Harbaugh got. When you go to Michigan and you coach Michigan, you're here to beat Ohio State and you're here to mm-hmm. win the Big Ten. It took yeah. Harbaugh a little bit of time. Ryan Day, two consecutive years, you know, they're going to probably go out to the Rose Bowl, and I don't know any Buckeye fan that's going to be happy going out there because this year is going to be deemed a disappointment. And the thing is – these last two games have not been close. Yeah. And to the point, man, where I'm I'm on vacation. I'm out, I'm out in, in Arizona and I got people, Buckeye fans, like, so are we gonna fire your coach? And I'm like, wow, how, how did we get here? Whoa, really? We're talking about firing? It's like, yeah, because you gotta beat Michigan. And when you at how when you're the coach of Ohio State, it it's a prerequisite of the job. You beat Michigan, you win titles. Titles, Big Ten and national title. He's not getting that done. I, we were laughing on the show yesterday. His worst case scenario is they still get into the playoffs because I think they, they're they one of the top teams on the waiting list. If TCU and the USC slip up, Ohio State, even though that loss happens, they get in. Could you? Yeah, lose? you have to believe Ohio State. And I'm thinking they'll come in probably at number five uh, tomorrow night or tonight, rather. Um, and, and yeah, but can you, can you lose? Mean? Can you I, lose I to Michigan right again? Is the way Michigan is playing football, their brand and their style, the way Georgia is playing football? It's it's a physical game. They have kind of, and this is something Kirby Smart never really wanted to get into this the spread and wide open. He never really wanted to get there. He was slow to get there. I mean, actually, he was slower than Nick Saban was to get there because Nick Saban wanted nothing to do with it either. But now you're seeing these teams really come back to lining up in two tights, using the fullback every now and then, or having that tight end uh, in there being the lead blocker. Because the challenge is nobody in the country is really playing that style. Yeah. So how do you actually (laughs) get prepared for it? And the other thing that it hurts it hurts your own defense, right? Because, I mean, it doesn't hurt. It, it, the defense you're going against doesn't see it, but that offense also has, you know, trouble with it. So, you know, look, the, the way the way Michigan is built right now, and, and I'm telling you this, I, I've been watching this guy all, all year, uh, Mozzie Smith. Yeah. He is unbelievable in the middle. 
And he made a bunch of money <laughs> this past weekend against Ohio State. And, and he's going to continue. And, the, you know, the numbers aren't going to be there. They, you, know, you won't see him. But the way he controls the line of scrimmage, the way he penetrates yeah. and gets into the backfield is something that really allows those linebackers to really have a lot of success. And we talk a lot all year, like, okay, there's, there's a no-name defense, right? Yeah. There's no big superstars and, and that sort of thing, or the consensus All-Americans. And i probably say outside of Mozzie, there may be some younger guys, but you don't necessarily see, you know, those top 20 picks, first-round picks yeah, that, are, I, that are there. Howard, Mozzie to me, and, and look, I'm not saying that he will be, but it reminded me of Jordan Davis last year for Georgia. Jordan didn't have big stats. Yeah. But he was the straw. He was the one that made all those other guys get a yeah. lot of money because yeah. he was a forced double team every mm-hmm. snap. You couldn't go one-on-one with a center. You couldn't go one-on-one with a guard because that was going to be a, a play for a loss. So that's what, how Mozzie looks to me. Yeah, you're watching this, and, and trust me when I say, personally, it pains me because as a state grad, I got to sit here and praise Michigan. But you know what? Howard. I, I, I don't really see anybody – I see Michigan and Georgia in the national title game. And I know you ain't supposed to skip and look past games, but here's the beauty of it. I don't play in the games. I'm not on the field. So I can do this. Honestly, if you're Michigan, you're going to do something that – not since Ohio State, you're going to win your semifinal game because I don't really see an opponent that you're going to play in the semifinal that you cannot beat. Now, I think that it sets up for another Georgia game – but that's not the same Georgia team. That they, they legitimately have a chance to bring the national title back to the Big Ten. It's, you know, because it won't be the bright lights, because I do believe the first time you play in a college football playoff game, there is a little bit of newness, and, and everybody's looking at you. And, and they can sit here and say that it's no big deal, but you do see when teams go there that first time, man, they get shellacked. And it's, it's just... That's the way it should be. I mean, because yeah. it's a new environment, right? I'm not saying that you should get shellacked. I'm not saying that. But when you talk about going into a, a new environment that you're not accustomed to, and there are only a handful of a handful of teams that have been in this situation or had the opportunity to play in it to this point. So you're right. With Michigan having the experience uh, of last year and with some of the players that, that may have an opportunity to look from the outside, weren't counted on to be major part, parts of this game, now they, they're going to have their opportunity, and I think, you know, they'll be ready to seize it. You know, I'll throw this out at you. Who is the Big Ten Coach of the Year? Because this has been an interesting debate around the Big Ten Network, hmm. um, just as far as it, it never really goes to the, best the Michigan or Ohio State coach because, right, because, oh, they've got the best players. And I've been pushing back on that all week, uh, last week, too. I was telling people, I really don't care. Don't tell me about it. Tell me about the person that's done the best job coaching. Don't, don't penalize them because they have the best players. But to me, when you look at what Jim Harbaugh has been able to do over the last two years and even coming into this year, uh, the, the coordinator situation that he had to deal with, the yeah. coaching situation, his own, his own situation, and we really had no idea how this was going to play out during yeah. the offseason. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he was in Minnesota with a sandwich board saying, I will coach in the NFL for food. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I, honestly, yeah, I, I think that I would probably put Harbaugh one and maybe Bielema two as, as the coach of the year. But, I mean, this is – I don't see – yeah, because you're right. I always hate when they punish – 
the, the coach of a good team saying, well, you had all the players. You had all the toys. So, of course, you're the best team. But, no, I mean, the, the way that they handled it, I mean, Howard, uh, I think I saw the stat that between the uh, their three big, let's just say the three biggest games in uh, from the Big Ten East, between Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State, a combined nine points scored in the second half. Yeah. It, yeah. Th- you know what? There's your coach of the year, and there's your defensive coordinator of the year. It also has to go to, uh, what's it, was it mentor? Yeah, it's mentor. And, yeah. and let, me, let me just say this. The, the, to me, the, the dynamics of their co-coordinators, to me, has been really fascinating. Uh, when you talk about mentor coming in, uh, and, and clean skill was already there, you know, from last year. But when talking uh, to both coordinators today, I mean, they really, or Sunday, they really praised just how they were able to work together because that's not an easy situation at all. Uh, coach Moore, you know, not only was the offensive line coach, people are, are making the debate, and probably it's been a strong debate, that this offensive line is better than it was last year. And their position coach also is now calling plays. Yeah. So they're, you know, what they were able to do and still to get uh, the young people to buy into the way they were doing it. That's why I think this thing, uh, you know, Michigan has set up a success for, for a long time. And, and for me, when I look at it and following the recruiting, I know you do as well, Ohio State has a much better roster. They have a better roster top right. to bottom when you talk about stars and, and that sort of thing. But this Michigan team, man, they play together. They, I mean, they just get it done as an entire unit. And you really just don't see the glaring flaws of this team. They're really able to, to work on what they need to do. And, and to me, it, it really speaks volumes to, to the players. And also the coaching staff. I'm telling you somebody else that doesn't get a lot of credit or hasn't gotten a lot of credit. But Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning uh, coach there, yeah. is phenomenal. He is one of the best in the country at what he did. And there's a couple of guys that are out there that are really good, but he's one of the best out there. And his staff has done an unbelievable job. And I, I've been following him since his days with Brett Bielema up in Wisconsin. So I, I've, I've really gotten the opportunity to get to know him really well. And so and so, Brett tried to lure him uh, to Illinois when he got the job, but it was he wasn't getting ready to leave Michigan and all the resources and things that they're doing right now. Yeah, and Howard, uh, to, to wrap this up on Ohio State, I think Ohio State, to me, the best thing I can say is that they're the bully who doesn't like to be punched in the mouth. Because when you look at all of their losses, they all mm-hmm. look the same. When teams go physical and just aren't afraid of the Buckeyes and like, oh, okay, you got all of these top recruits, but we don't think you're tough enough, they beat them. And they all, I think, you look at the Oregon, Oregon game, you look at all the games that they've lost in the last couple of years, every game looks like that game that Michigan put on them where all of a sudden you're like, oh, they'll come back, and then you realize in the third quarter they're they're not coming back. They they don't have what it takes to beat this team. And I don't know how Ryan Day reestablished that because I, I do think that it's unfortunate. And I, I'm look, but I do think his window is closing because I don't think the Buckeye fans are going to have another John Cooper type situation where they're going to give him 10 years to kind of finish, the, fix this thing. Man, especially, look, 
I thought maybe, you know, talking with you that Urban would go to Nebraska. He did. We're going to get to those hires in a minute. But Urban's still sitting out there. And I, I forgot what he did that, that caused him to leave. And I got to think that Buckeye fans have forgotten, too. And he, uh-huh. Urban wasn't happy after the game. You could clearly see. he. If you could read his thought bubbles to me, Howard, he was thinking to himself, I need to walk in that locker room and snatch that whistle away from you, Ryan. I gave you everything and look at what you're doing to this program. I, I think he's got a really short window to fix this thing, Howard. I, I would tell you this. Um, they've probably elevated the recruiting um, outside of certain spots, maybe, right? Um, but for the, for the most part, Ryan has taken recruiting in, in the area that really jumps out is the wide receiver position. Right. He's taken that to, to new heights. Um, but you're right. You've got the best players. I mean, Mickey Marotti is another one of those great ones when you talk about, you know, performance, sports performance guys. He, he's right there, and, and he was charged with, you know, getting this thing corrected. But I think a lot of it is, you know, the way they call the game as well. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a run-first offense. It's not. But, see, I think the difference is Ohio State used to have plug-and-play players on the defensive line, and you're not seeing that where you would well, go. I'll say this. Go ahead. The, the Bosa brothers, Chase Brown, those Chase Young, are yeah. those are generational players at the college level. You're now seeing them making that impact at, at the professional level. Right, but just think about it. We wouldn't have seen Chase Young if I think it was Nick Bosa doesn't get hurt. And then, okay, well, let's bring in this red shirt freshman and see what he got. And they didn't miss a beat. And they used like the DBs, they, you know what? This DB graduates. This DB goes to the pro and another lockdown corner and another hard-hitting safety. Offensively, yeah, he's bringing in the receivers, but defensively, not quite the same Buckeye yeah. team. Oh, no. They, that's where the problems have been. Oh, no question. That's where the problems lie, and that's where the problems will lie once again this year. And, you know, I know we don't want to spend too much time on the Buckeyes. we got some other things to talk about. But I have to tell you, this, this right now is a problem. It's a problem because I don't know that there's an app, you know, how you fix it quick enough to, to you know, keep everybody happy and, and continue to try to, to chase championships because right now they're, they're not set up to do it. And This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The way they the way they were playing defense versus Michigan looks so much like Don Brown. <laughs> I mean, that's just real. It's high risk, it, high it, reward. It, it and, was. You know, the one play JJ made when they had an all-out blitz, they were, you know, playing zero coverage on the outside. Man, and JJ just hung in there and kept dropping back and, and threw the ball and put it where it needed to be. But Ohio State, when they won championships under Urban, they weren't playing that style of defense. No. And, and I'm not telling saying that it can't work. I just look at what they were playing – when they won championships. And I don't understand why that's not good enough to plot. 
that's what you need to be doing because you have great athletes, allow them to, to, to be great athletes. Yeah, because it was funny because I guess you would think that they're, you would change your defensive strategy knowing Blake Corum wasn't in there, but yeah, it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was high risk and they, and they got burned. And I guess that's why casinos make a ton of money because everybody thinks they By the way, congratulations to Blake Corum. He's a, you know, he's one of the finalists uh, uh, for, oh man, I'm blanking on the running back award, which is crazy to me. Joe Walker award winner. He's one of the finalists along with Chase Brown. So two really uh, top backs uh, in this conference being recognized, I think, nationally. And oh I man. He, to get a lot of awards. I didn't even see that. Ibrahim didn't uh, make it in there. He was not one of the finalists. No, not mm-hmm. this year. You know what? And I, I honestly, I think that's just because he plays for Minnesota, and there's no yeah. slight to Minnesota, but not mm-hmm. a lot of people watch Gopher football unless you're yeah. a Gopher alum or you're yeah. a crazy person like me who just watches a ton of college football. <laughs> there you go. All right, Howard, um, two new hires. One, mm-hmm. you've been hearing rumors about Matt Rule. You knew he was going to come back somewhere. It was talks of him going to Auburn. He ends up in Nebraska. That yeah. one I expected. But when I got a text on Sunday from a friend of mine, she says, and, you know, look, you see what Wisconsin did. I'm like, you know, what, what, what did Wisconsin do? Like, they, they already got Jim Leonard, right? He's the coach. And it's like, nah, nah, they moved on. These two new coaching hires, what, what, help me, what, what, what do you think about them? Are these good hires, bad hires? What, what are we thinking here? Well, let's start with the Badgers. I, I think it was very clear, uh, with McIntosh, the, the athletic director, he was going to take this program in a different direction. And letting go of Paul Chris in the middle of the season, when he did, early in the season, I should say, was a signal that they wanted to get involved in what I, what I call what the rest of college football is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know uh, the Badgers have been fortunate. They've been doing things a certain way, the Barry Alvarez way, for many, many years and had a great deal of success doing it that way. Small back office, uh, not a big recruiting, necessarily a big recruiting department, not going to throw a lot of money uh, at head coaches. Having someone that's had some sort of ties uh, somewhat to the program a little bit. But this was a sign that, you know, I think we want to take it a different direction. And you talk about the national search. And I think one of the clues was when that seven-day window opened up uh, last week, um, for, for the Badgers as far as the, the coaching position. And everybody thought it you know, would be Jim Leonard's uh, job to win. But when there was really no, uh, you know, this is Jim's, because they, if they were going to keep Jim, they didn't necessarily have to wait for the seven days. I don't believe true. they could have really rallied the troops and said, this is your coach. You know, let's see what we can do. And when that didn't happen, you know, it really signaled that they were really trying to, to me, trying to go in a different direction. And, and Luke Fickle, you know, the job he did at Cincinnati, you know, being, <laughs> taking the first group of five teams to, to the playoffs uh, and, and having success the way he did there. Um, he knows his conference. Not only does he know the conference. Uh, as a kid coach at Ohio State. Yeah, and man, he knows the recruiting. People hire for them. Yeah, and he knows the recruiting, uh, the recruiting ground in the Midwest. So, you know, no offense to Cincinnati, but now you get to walk in there with the with the W on your chest, and that's that's a little bit of an upgrade where you don't have to sell people to go to a Group of Five school. We're a Power Five school now. We're a Big mm-hmm. Ten school. We're a school with a lot of tradition. Yeah, and and he knows the Big Ten footprint when it comes to recruiting. 
I was shocked. I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, because for a couple reasons, I mean, Wisconsin, as you stated, they're not known for paying a lot to their coaches. And I think he's getting something like about seven some million a year, which I was like, that's a lot for Wisconsin. Because I, I figured Wisconsin was gonna show up like, well, you know, we we you know, we we can put a little something on it, you know, we we can feed you in cheese curds, but you know, he's making that. But what if you're if you're Jim Leonard, are do are you leaving? Are you staying on the staff? Because this is kind of one of those awkward positions where you gotta think that the job was yours and now Look, he's a professional, okay? If he comes back, he's not going to slack. But it's Howard, we've all been in that position where you thought a job was yours and it went to somebody else that you thought that you were either better than. It's, it's going to be a little of a pride swallower to come back, or does he just go someplace else and, and take that defense with him? You know, I think here's the interesting thing about it. You know, Luke has been in this situation, right? He was in this situation when, when Urban came in, right? Uh, yeah. And and you, you think about the two both – Played, you know, um, had uh, played at their respective. Obviously, alma maters. The Jim, you know, if Luke didn't have the type of career that Jim Leonard has had, and, and really the success that Jim has had, you know, recently uh, has been unbelievable. Going, you know, from a position coach uh, to to coordinator, and I mean, it's really has been a great move for them. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how this this transition works because. I think Luke, as you mentioned yesterday, we were having interviewed him. It's not out of the question that Jim won't be on the staff. And I think he said they, they spent an hour or so together a couple of days ago, really talking through some of the things that, that they need to do for as far as mechanics are concerned uh, for the next you know couple of weeks, along with coaching. And I'm sure uh, getting prepared for the bowl game and also what the coaching staff is going to look like. So, it, this is going to be very interesting to follow. And the other side of this is, you know, Jim Jim Leonard's been one of the hottest defense coordinators right. uh, in the country. Not just not just at the collegiate level, but also in the NFL. He, he's greatly respected at that level too because of what he's done uh, in his playing days and how he handled himself uh, as a player. And also, he's a play, he was really referred to a lot of times as a, a coach on the field. So, you know, he has a lot of respect, but I don't think he thought he would be in a situation where he was going to be the interim coach. I know he didn't see that coming. And now to find himself in a situation where he's the one that has to make the decision of whether or not he wants to be in the program. Because a lot of those players, you know, came out and players, we want Jim Leonard, we want him to be the coach. And I was telling some people yesterday, Players are always going to be emotional yeah. because there's a relationship there. And there's very, very seldom uh, is an interim coach uh, named the head coach or whoever the players want to be that coach. It happens. It happened in Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman. But you really don't see the players. They're going to have that voice. But the athletic director is charged of getting the best person in. And, and you think about it, I think Luke is – is the right guy for the job right now because they need to change what they're doing um, from a recruiting standpoint, from a back office standpoint. They have to start uh, playing the game the way the championship teams are playing right now. That's what they have to do. And I think McIntosh, the athletic director, saw that, recognized that, and that's why he made the moves that he's made 
over you know the last several months and came up with his coach and Luke Fickle. See, right there, that's why I brought Howard into this show. Because I forgot about the whole Fickle thing and how Urban came in and Fickle was the interim coach. See, yeah. Howard, th- that's the knowledge, man. This is and, why and people you, subscribe. He was, he was, he held no bones about it. He did not, he would have done things differently uh, going through that experience. He would have liked things to have been handled differently uh, with that transition. But he stayed. Remember, he stayed. Yeah, he, stayed he did. Um, but so I think he will, he's sensitive to what Jim Leonard has, has been through and has gone through. And that's why I think it's going to be kind of up to Jim to kind of figure out how he's going to fit into it. You know, they've had so much success with, with the three, four defense. I mean, they've had a great deal of success with that. I think that's really, you got to go back a few years and Gary Anderson bringing that three, four defense to, (laughs) to Madison and really the defense has taken off since then. But they've got to figure out, Luke's got to figure out what kind of style he wants. Remember, Luke is, you know, he, he's won a national championship <laughs> as, as a coordinator. So he, he's been there as a coach. So, you know, he knows what it takes. So I think there's, there's going to be some tough lessons and some hard hard decisions, I should say, not tough lessons. And, um, you know, Luke wants to be a part of this process too, uh, the, the, the coaching process as they prepare. And he talked yesterday about, flying back to Cincinnati today, and he was coming back with some key people to Madison. So, you know, he he already has an idea of what he wants to do, but I think he's going to do the best job. I think he'll do the best thing he can to, to retain Jim Leonard, but I think ultimately it comes down to to Coach Leonard and what he wants to do and how he sees himself fitting into to the Badger program moving forward. All right, let's go to the other team, Howard, Nebraska. I always think this is one of the toughest jobs because – no question. You used to be a powerhouse. You used to be great. You used to be a feared program, and now you're not. It's, I, I like to call it the Al Bundy syndrome, where you're only talking about your team from back in the day, what we used to do. Well, hey, Tommy Frazier ain't coming through that door. He ain't running down the tunnel. How do you fix a program would I think that the fan base will have unrealistic expectations to start because they're going to think he's going to walk in and get us the national title. And it's like, you're a long way away from a national title. But I, I think that this is a man who who took the Baylor program and and Baylor was supposed to be done. Remember how everything that went down and he brought them right back. They didn't suffer the way that people thought they were going to suffer. They had the 1-11 one, uh, one season, his first year, and they took off and ended up going to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, so he's done an unbelievable job, not just at Baylor, but you think about Temple and how difficult yeah. it is to win there. And, and that's where you know things really got rolling for him uh, as, a, as a head coach. So, you know, I, I think the best thing that happened there, and I think both athletic directors did an unbelievable job at, sit, at setting the message and the tempo to their fan base. Uh, Trey Albert, the first thing he said was, we are a developmental program. That's what we are. That's what we have done in the past. We are going to develop our players uh, to to really get to a point where they can be successful on the field. And and you think about what Coach Rule has been able to do. When you talk about uh, Temple, you talk about Baylor. He wants to be able to run the ball. He wants to be physical on on the defensive line. They want to be tough, physical football team. And, And, you know, he was very clear, you know, I don't want to wait three years for this to get turned around. I want to, I want to win now. 
but he also understands that it is a process. This is something that he has to get into uh, and find out what that roster is like. I think one of the key things that he said yesterday was, you know, I'm going to spend a couple of days talking with the players before I start talking with the coaches uh, and figure out what they're going to be doing. Right. Uh, so he really wants to, to dive in, and it really feels like you know he's the right person and sent the right message. I think to 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 the fan base, like, hey, it's going this is this is going to take some time. Obviously, and, and thankfully, it's not as bad as what it was when he went into Baylor because of all the the off the field and all the scandals that were going on there. But it's about football. He's able to come in there, and he's going to really be about football and, and developing that program. And I think it's going to be they've got a guy who who wants to do it and understands it's not win the national championship today. It's about winning today, winning, having a great spring, having a great recruiting season. It's not all of a sudden, hey, I want to win a national title. Sure, they want to do that, but it's a process of being able to win a title. And he really laid out that process, I thought, to the fan base yeah. uh, and obviously laid, laid it out to the athletic department. Uh, that's why he was, you know, hired uh, as the next head coach in Nebraska. See, I always think when it comes to programs like that too, Howard, the biggest thing that Nebraska can do is get out of its own way and, and not mm -hmm. make him do things the Nebraska style. Well, this isn't how Osborne did it. This isn't how so-and-so did it because, yeah, it's been a long time since those guys were coaches. And I always see that when, oh, we got this tradition. Well, do you want the tradition or do you want to win? Because if you want to win, you're going to have to do things a little differently than what tradition says. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I look at, like, a guy like Nick Saban who's, who goes to Alabama, and they had tradition. And he was like, yeah, you know what? How about we change this around and do a little something different? And I, I always see that that's always the biggest enemy to the powerhouses, the powerhouse schools who used to be good, is we mm -hmm. need to be good, but we need to be good exactly in this way that everybody else was good. And I do think that, yeah, if, if they allow him to go in there, because you're right, Temple, Baylor, like he's turned it around and he now walks in there with NFL experience. I don't think he was given the, the, the toys to play with in the NFL. But now when you go to recruit, you could say, son, I was a coach in the NFL. I know what it takes to play in the NFL, and I think I can get that out of you so that you can go to that next level. I do think that I like this. Now, we've talked about it before. You know, the Big Ten may just go one large conference, but, yeah. man, if they don't, at least I think you have now upgraded the Big Ten West because – yeah, you had to, man, because you know you you needed to have some coaches and programs on the other side to make this conference so much better. Because that was the whole thing, Michigan, Ohio State. You're like, well, well, who have you played? And you know, when you look at the teams over in the West, I mean, ironically enough, Purdue, Purdue makes it to the national, I mean, Big Ten title game, and Purdue only had to play Penn State, which in the first week one, which they lost. Still mm -hmm. can't believe they lost that game. But then they, they didn't have to play Ohio State. They didn't have to play Michigan. They didn't have to play Michigan State. So they took advantage of a schedule mm -hmm. like that. But you would like to think that, man, when you play those crossover games, that those games can be just as iconic and classic as the games that you saw with Michigan-Ohio State or when Ohio State plays Penn State instead of, well, you're playing a Big Ten West opponent. So that's pretty much like a homecoming game. That you, you, you needed that because – 
you know, I, I look at the West and, you know, Kurt Ferentz, he's, he's the dean of the West. He's, He's not going anywhere. You know how it is. But I, I like, like the P.J. Fleck hire at Minnesota. It was young blood. It mm-hmm. was, you know, you, you could see the enthusiasm. I mean, him running down the sideline at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Some see it as a gimmick, but I like seeing that. I like seeing the youth. I like seeing how his players get excited. And now I look at what Nebraska did, and especially Wisconsin, I think they both took a step up. I'm proud that Wisconsin decided, you know what, we can't do this on the cheap. Yeah, I'm saying it because they were trying to do it on the cheap, and and you couldn't keep a lot of people there because they were like, it's a great school, but come on, man, you can't sit here and cry broke. We see what the Big Ten is paying. Even if you just paid the coach off of what the Big Ten Network pays them, you got the money there, Howard. You can't be cheap. So I say all that to say I like the upgrades. I like what's happening in the Big Ten. And, look, even if USC and UCLA don't join, I think that the Big Ten did two great things this weekend in bringing in Matt Rule and bringing in Luke Fickle. Yeah, I think one of the other things that's important when you talk about what's happening in Madison is, you know, there there is also what they needed to do was upgrade facilities. And, you know, they have some things in front of the legislation uh, that they're hoping to get passed with, with new indoor and upgrading facilities they understand that they are really behind. Now, they've made some adjustments and changes uh, in the stadium that were nice, but the reality is is it's still not good enough. So they made that commitment to to, putting the resources in um, to make things better for the student-athletes that are on campus. I think that was a big deal. You mentioned uh, Matt Rule not having the success that he would have liked to have had at the National Football League. You know, what's interesting about that is, you know, he was very honest and upfront with us yesterday. And he said, yeah, I I just, you know, I I didn't get it done. As you mentioned, thought we would have had more time, but it is a different game. And what it did was really give him a great appreciation for what he had left in really developing young people and having young people come in and, and start to coach them and develop them. And whether they go on to the National Football League or they go on to do something else, he missed that, and he was he was talking about how he and his wife he was on the phone, and he's you know his wife after he hung up, his wife mentioned to him that you know I haven't seen you this happy, and I don't know how long when you're talking about football, and, and that just tells you the big business. And yeah, these guys get a big check. Right? Don't worry about that. Don't feel sorry for them because no. they have to deal with some tough stuff. They get a big check, but the part that I think ultimately is so rewarding for so many coaches and why they get into it in the first place is because they're all teachers and they want to help develop and change young people's lives. And what the Big Ten did with particularly in Nebraska and also in Madison, they brought, I believe, two coaches that not only are going to be able to elevate their programs, but also are going to be able to elevate the the um, student athlete experience. But Paul Chris did an unbelievable job in Madison. You think about think about the badges. They since I think, uh, what is it, since the playoffs start started, nobody has won more football games and not been in the playoffs right. than the Badgers. Right. And that's kind of crazy to think about. And we're talking about a West, uh, a West Division team, but they've won all these games but have not been able to find their way into the 14 playoffs. And you know, now they've got a coach that's been there. Uh, he's had success at another place. So he knows what it's going to take to, to get this team to the next level. And again, I think it's about what the athletic department and McIntosh have decided 
where they see this program needs to be in the future, not and being respectful of the way it was done in the past. No, you're right. Howard, man, uh, there's a lot to talk about. We still got some, we still got some some more meat on the bone. We can hit that yeah. up next uh, our next one on Thursday. But man, you brought some good stuff. Especially I liked I forgot about Luke Fickle. He yeah. was the interim coach for Ohio State. I think they were six and six or five and seven that year. And then he stayed on to the staff. So you're right. Yeah. He he knows what it feels like to be Leonard. Can put his arm around him and say, "Trust me when I tell you, it will get better." So I appreciate that that knowledge that you dropped. Hey man, we'll be back next Thursday. You know, we will I mean this coming up Thursday, we'll have uh, you know, a preview. Yeah, I guess we got to preview the Big 10 Championship. We got to preview it. I'll be in Indy. <laughs> so, you know, I'll be getting my Indy trip started. So, I look forward to uh Getting a feel and getting a feel of what it's like down in India. It's going to be a day trip for the Boilermakers. Right. A, a, a day hotels, trip. Hotels will be upset that they won't have to have as many rooms. They, uh, they so can walk. Purdue you know, <laughs> just needs to just drive right on over. Man, they can, they can ride their bike as far as from yeah. West Lafayette to Indianapolis. Can they play spo- spoiler maker? I mean, that's really the biggest thing. Can they be the spoiler maker? But I've said before, in the event that even if Purdue beats Michigan, Michigan's in. That, that just means they'll be wearing a white jersey instead of a blue jersey. But I think yeah, wow. them in Georgia, they're already in no matter what. But Howard Griffith, Rico Beard, thanks for watching the Five Star Zone. Make sure you tell everybody, keep subscribing, keep liking. We will be back with more information on the Big Ten because you don't get it like you get it here with me and Howard. We'll see you guys on Thursday. <laughs>